in the beginning, before the singularities and the dawn of podcasts, came the Effies. Damon and Kyle, the prime podcasters, created the first Effies and brought light into the universe. Life began. Awards were given out. All was in balance. Until an unnatural movie hit theaters, Marvel's Eternals. Join podcasters Damon, Leah, and Kyle as they celebrate the good, the bad, and the in-between of Marvel's Eternals. another episode of the planet fantasy podcast and we're your hosts damon and kyle how's it going man not bad man how are you i'm good i'm good it's a good tuesday you know we don't usually do pods on tuesday so it's it's a fun to just switch it up um i've been watching a bunch of movies i have never seen before so that's been a lot of fun knocking a couple kyle movies off the board finally <laughs> you know seeing street got it off la la land yes uh you know, I think I might do if only uh, if Bill Street could talk maybe this weekend. Ooh, yeah, so, love that. Yeah. You've been watching anything fun? Uh, yeah, I. I'm reaching that point where I'm I either want to dive into a bunch of seasons of television that I haven't seen this year for our, our episode later on in December or a bunch of movies. And I'm kind of torn between both at this point. I did finish Harley Quinn. Um, this is a little old. This was a few weeks ago, but I don't think I ever officially said it on the pod. But what started out in March of 2019 has finally ended. My watch of Buffy the, Vi- the Vampire Slayer is over. So it took forever, but finally finished the show. And I'm back on Angel. I was doing them together, but you know I had to stop Angel so I could finally finish Buffy. But I'm back on to Angel. Um, yeah, just trying to catch up on TV, but... If anyone has good movie recommendations, I, I'm actually stuck in a rut, so I need some some good recs. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we introduce our guest today, we are going to do a quick round of Winner's Corner. We are talking about episode, I believe, 76, and yes. it was the Stewards of Sound, the 1970s songs draft. And that was a really, really fun one. We had Austin and Jim on. And these are the results. In fourth place, with six votes, Jim. Second, with ten, we have Kyle. And sec, I'm sorry, when third, I'm in. Oh, you got my hopes up. <laughs> and second, I am, it is me, 14 votes. And Austin, with the W, 25 votes. Wow. Well, he got what he wanted. He did say early on, he was like, I'm actually playing for the poll this week. So there you go, Austin, your first win. (laughs) Congrats, Austin. But now, we'd like to introduce to you our guest for the Eternals Effies. Leah, how's it going? It's going really good. Nice. You've been watching anything fun lately? 
Um, I've kind of had like Top Chef on in the background because I stopped watching it many years ago and I'm going back into it. And then I've been watching the new season that dropped of Shameless on Netflix. And mm. it's been something. That's the last <laughs> one, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think I'm watching like the one before the last one. So, or, or maybe it is. And it'll, I'll be like, oh, it, there's no more. And that would suck. Or <laughs> it won't suck. I don't know. So that show is submitted here, apparently. So. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Well, it is great to have you. Um, mm. We are all here to talk about Eternals, the MCU movie that just dropped this past weekend. And let's just go ahead and uh, jump right into our opening thoughts, opening remarks. Leah, how did you feel about this movie? I think that if I didn't think of it as an MCU movie, I enjoyed it more um, at the moment. I'm curious to see how it's going to integrate everything. I know it's a completely new, different thing. Um, I will say underwhelmed is like a word that came to mind throughout a lot of it. Um, some highlights here and there, but like, yeah, underwhelmed is kind of where I'm at with it. So, okay. Kyle. What did you think of Eternals? I think uh, framing it, like you said, is a really great way of putting it. Like outside of the MCU, I really liked it. And I really liked it anyway. I think it probably cracked my top 10 of the MCU. Um, but I think it was just because I. It was probably the, I was telling Damon and some other friends this earlier. It was probably the most invested I've been in a Marvel movie since like maybe Guardians 2, just because I was like, I don't know much about jack kirby's run on the eternals so it felt like i was experiencing all this for the for the very first time right and like i was really worried going in we're getting like 10 new characters plus a possible black knight but not really because it's just kit uh, <laughs> uh or just whatever his name is dane um but getting all these new characters i was worried that they were because like Infinity, you can make that argument for something like Infinity War, but those are characters that have already been established, so we already know them. And with this, this is all brand new people. And I think for the most part, I think they were pretty well balanced. I mean, we have an award for this very reason. We have the Wallflower Award for the people who kind of got underserved. But I think for the most part, I think they did a pretty good job of like balancing uh, all the characters and making them at least a little bit different different from each other. Um, there were bits that definitely didn't work for me, but I think when the, when it was working it was like really hitting and like i wasn't a big fan of nomadland last year but i knew when chloe Zhao was uh attached to this movie i was like the movie's gonna look gorgeous and it absolutely did because she knows she knows how to give you like these incredibly stunning landscapes and visuals and it just it was a very beautiful looking movie but yeah i'm, I'm excited to see what they do with it going forward damon how'd you feel about it i enjoyed it i liked it um I found it flawed, as in it It was a movie that was trying to do a lot. It took a lot of swings, and it didn't hit every single one of them, but it also didn't miss every single one of them. Some some stuff worked, some didn't, but I find it, so I, I kind of find it in the middle of the pack as far as the MCU goes. I like it. I like some of the characters a lot. Some of it I felt like they could have done it differently to be like, like Leah said, it's a little underwhelming just because I feel like they could have done a lot better of a job if if it was focused on a different aspect or just a slightly different, you know, twist or something like that. But still, 
you know, taking all that in, I still liked it. I still am excited to see these characters going forward. I am invested in them, even though some of the performances were a little lacking, while some were very, very inspiring. Um, yeah, I would just say this movie's just a little bit of everything, and I respect it. I admire it for trying, but it's a little, it's in towards the back half for me. It is a number 18 in my ranking, but I still consider it a good movie. I enjoy all Marvel movies. So that is not a knock. And we'll get into more of like the things that I really did like, you know, that's, that's what this is all about to celebrate it. But I think it did a decent job of setting up the people it wanted to set up for future installments. But the movie itself could have been a little bit better, I think. That's mm-hmm. fair. Here are the nominees for the Wallflower Award. So the Wallflower Award, this is basically, you know, this is a tried and true award that we have in every uh, FE's. Basically, our our character that we wish we could have seen more of, we feel like maybe was a little bit lacking in the movie, or just that we want to see more of in general in the MCU. So, Leah, who is your nominee for the Wallflower? Um, there was three that I was going back and forth between, um, but I guess I got to go with the one that I... I really wanted to see more from was Makari um, would have loved to have seen so much more with her. Um, it was her, her power was great when she was zipping around and everything. Um, the having the deaf character was amazing. Um, and then, you know, we only really saw, Oh, she was hanging out in the ship. I wanted to see more about her, like going and, and collecting and collecting her treasures um, that she was looking for. Why was she so invested in them? Um, I just thought she was great and she managed to pack, a, you know, a good amount of emotion in there um, considering she really wasn't on the screen for very long at all. So. Right. That's a good nom. Um, D- uh, Damon, who's your nominee for Wallflower? I am going for the Deviant Crow. Oh, okay. As my wallflower, a very interesting, I think, antagonist that I was very, like, I wanted to see more of. I Like, yeah. the deviants mm-hmm. themselves, they were like, okay, they are what they are. They're not the, the most appealing looking of things, but <laughs> hey, we knew what we were getting with them. You know, they were supposed to be these, this eternal fight against the Eternals, you know? They're always mm-hmm. fighting each other. And then to see one like literally be able to kill them and absorb their powers was just a really cool twist that kind of just nothing happens with it's mm-hmm. it's a game of thrones kind of vibe like oh wow we got this thing and they do nothing with it um <laughs> like i was i wanted to know more about crow i wanted to see more like i wanted to see if he i wanted him to survive and like be like be an ultron like figure like what is what is life what is more for me what do i need to do other than just consume life and energy you know i thought that was a really compelling idea and like the whole conversation he had with them on the beach before they fought was great and it's just it wasn't enough for me you know like they didn't tell us why this was happening and it it ultimately just served as a a foil for them to fight and not much more they could have just fought more of the deviants like they didn't need to have one evolve and actually give it speech and like be interesting exactly just yeah. interesting what's the get point deep. like just yeah. scratch and burn yep kyle what's your not 
Uh, okay, so b- both great noms. I was hoping y- y'all would knock out two of mine because I'm also going in between three. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one. I'm stretching the definition a bit here because he is featured quite a bit in this movie. He has a very big role, but there was a choice that was made towards the end of this movie that I thought was absolutely fucking baffling, and that is Kingo just noping out of the final battle. I was like, I've been loving this character up to this point. And I understand the philosophy behind why he decides not to take part in, the, you know, killing the Celestial. And I, I totally get that. But first of all, I'm just a huge Kamel Nanjiani fan in general. Love him in the big sick, like love him in everything he does. And I loved his interactions with the rest of the Eternals. I thought he was super funny in this movie. But him just like, yeah, just leaving. And then he's he's so absent for like the entire basically like final battle, even on our big cliffhanger ending. That doesn't even, like, I don't think he even shows up in that, right? Like, he, uh, the only time, especially during the final battle when they do their cool, like, Power Rangers uh, <laughs> mind meld or whatever, when Cersei, you know, melds with everyone else, I was fully expecting. I was like, they're going to cut to him in some random place in, like, New York City and just start, like, being lifted up in the air. And it's going to be, like, this funny moment. Didn't even happen. He just wasn't involved in the battle at all. So I was like... This is like one of the main Eternals, and now he's just missing an action. So while I did love him in the movie, I was just really like, I was like, why is he not involved with this climactic battle? Mm-hmm. I like that. And now, now to vote. Leah, what are you thinking? What's your vote going for? Um, I would also like to say that my one of my other uh, Wallflower options was... Uh, Kumail's Kingo's uh, eyebrows. There needed to be more eyebrows going on. Um, but then I I went serious. Um, I think I'm actually gonna go with you, Damon. Like you actually, yeah, like I wanted to see there should have been more. Either there should have been more or there should have been none. Like exactly. it really should have been one of the two. So Commit to I, it yeah. or don't do it at all. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm also going to go stick with Crow just because he was so compelling and what we got just wasn't nearly enough. I almost wanted to vote for Makari. Amazing character. I loved every single minute we spent with her. Mm. I would just say what they did with her of what we got was spent very well. We just didn't get enough to where, but Crow I think was just was underserved the whole, the entire way. So I got to go with Kyle, your vote. That's a clean sweep for Crow. I, Damon, you convinced me definitely. But even if he hadn't been brought up, I was gonna mention like why cast Bill Skarsgård as this character and then don't don't use him. Like he's such a great actor, and I knew that voice immediately when he started talking. It was like holy shit, that's Pennywise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, he he was such an interesting idea. I did like. We'll get to it later. I did like the twist of who our antagonist really was. I really enjoyed that. But. Uh, yeah, he was such a cool idea for a character, and then they just absolutely just did nothing with him. So that's that's a clean sweep for our guy Crow. Like you said, like the casting of Bill Skarsgård, like it's almost like they did it just to be like, hee hee, Stellan Skarsgård is in the movies too. And it was oh, just, like, yeah, it was so similar to like Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. Like, what a waste. Like, yeah. like, yeah, so that's up there. <laughs> I don't like thinking about that one. Oh. <laughs> that's fair. And the F.E. goes to Crow the Deviant. And now the nominees for Best Fight. All right. Best Fight. Surprisingly, 
we weren't even going to do this award at first. And then we see the movie and there's quite a bit of fights. Um, some pretty good ones. So with that, your nom, Kyle. Yeah, we, we discussed it before. And I mean, with the MCU, it's safe to go with best fight. I think I think we just were a little thrown up by the trailers because it looked like there weren't going to be and there. In fairness, there weren't like a ton. It was definitely more of a character-based movie, but what we got was really fun, and I loved the the fight sequences we got in this. I'm gonna go with one that is kind of in that in that larger climactic sequence. It's basically Makari, Fastos, and Athena taking on Icarus. Um, I feel like I haven't been able to say this, and I'm gonna sound like a lunatic for saying this because I hate making comparisons between the MCU and DC. I feel like Eternals, as flawed as it was, is the best live-action Justice League movie we've gotten. Because you have your your <laughs> Superman character, you've got Thena, who's basically Wonder Woman, and th- this is exactly what I wanted to see from both Whedon and Snyder's cut, was the, the Justice League just taking on Superman. We got it kind of in that movie, but it's played for laughs, and it's not a great scene. Uh, I thought this was so cool. I thought it started really, really cool with, you know, Makari taking on Icarus, and then Fastos and Thena uh, show up to help her out. And then you even get, you know, Crow coming in with Thena. And you, I loved their rivalry in the movie, but I love this scene. I think it's visually just really stunning. Uh, I can't remember if it's in this sequence or later on, but there's a point in this where, oh, it is when Fastos is trying to contain Icarus and he breaks out of it and you get that amazing pose. It's like pulled straight from Eternals number six. Mm-hmm. Like it's just him shooting his beams to the sky. Incredible stuff. Um, yeah, it was just like the best parts of this movie, I think, were the visuals and like the way they demonstrated their powers. And that was this scene to a T. So I've got to go with that one. Awesome. Leah, your nom. Uh, first, can I say, Kyle, that I know someone who's going to hate that take on that. Of the, uh, best <laughs> oh, Justice I know, too. <laughs> I know him. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. Um <laughs> So uh, I am going to go when they were in the Amazon getting Druig or trying to convince Druig. Um, and you kind of see all of them kind of going at it. Uh, and you can kind of see that they they really need to work together. Uh, no one is like really able to do anything on their own for the most part. Um, and it just kind of shows that there are weaknesses that they're aware of. Um, and I love the fact that like you got to see you know, people that had more like, uh, not, um, attacking powers, but more like defensive passive kind of powers. Like you saw Druig, like pull out some moves that you're like, Oh damn boy, you can actually do this. Um, you got to see Sprite, you know, actually like do things. Obviously this is when we saw Cersei, uh, create the Treviant. Um, and, Uh, which I wish had been explored a little bit more, but like, it was still very cool. Um, so yeah, I liked the Amazon stuff. I, I really liked that. Cause I felt like the first time that we saw, cause the opening fight scene to me wasn't really anything. This was more cohesive. Um, plus they weren't fighting each other at that point, which was nice. So it was nice to see them, maybe what they did throughout the years. That was like the first instance I feel like we got of that. So nice. Those were two of my my chant choices. Uh, I'll go with my third. Thena versus Crow in the cave. Mm. I think just beautiful, really well shot. For one, it it really centers on Thena and just her very unique fighting style, which is you know she apparently Angelina Jolie picked up ballet 
to help add to her fighting style. And it, you you see that it's so fluid, it's so rhythmic almost with her and her her power. You know, they just say like she can essentially just create weapons. You know, and she's just so so fluid and so beautiful with them. And then Crow, you see how strong he is. Like he took out Gil and everything. Like he's got powers of two Eternals now. And Thea takes him down. We get a good old face slash. So just like just falls off. I love it. Um, so I had to go with that. That's my nom. Those are the three choices. Kyle, what are you leaning towards? Yeah, these are all really good. I want to shout out real quick in case I couldn't get mine that the initial fight in London was also really fun because it's the first time we see the deviants and you get Kit Harrington like trying to parkour and I'm like, nope. I'm going to take the stairs. <laughs> My favorite scene. Um, so that was, <laughs> exactly. Um, so that was fun. But I, yeah, these are all really, really, really great. I think I'm probably going to go with the Amazon ambush because this is one that Leah was touching on this, but like we do really get a great sense of all of their abilities and how like as a unit when they're fighting together, it's really like incredible to watch. Like They really do kind of all come through in this in this scene and like i think it was especially cool i really liked Druig as a character and i was really curious how they were going to use him and that actor just seems to always be like these morally gray type of characters in in the movies he shows up in so i, I wasn't sure if they were going to really make him like the villain or whatever so him being able to come in and like also show what he could do was awesome and then yeah it's just and I'm going to keep like hammering this point down, but like the way it was shot, it was just very visually appealing. So it was super fun to watch. So that's my vote. Leah, your vote. Uh, my vote is actually not going to be my choice because it, it was my first one and Kyla picked it was the Makari uh, and Icarus, especially, especially with Makari. Cause they did, I, I enjoyed some of the flash stuff because it did make me think flash, but I just thought that they did it so much better, even better than they did. Um, uh, Quicksilver and everything. I don't know. I just yeah. really enjoyed how they did, you know, the fighting with her and everything. Um, so specifically in my brain, the Makari versus Icarus. And then obviously you have the other two in there as well. Um, but that one is is my vote because that was just that was my takeaway was that was the best one as I was watching it. So thanks, guys. Leaving leaving <laughs> it up. <laughs> we swapped. <laughs> those those are both really good. For, for the reasons y'all mentioned, fighting on Amazon, it's before ever, anyone's turned, before true allegiances are, are found. They're all together. They're fighting to survive. You know, it's a really cool setting. Anytime you're fighting in a jungle, it's a cool, it's a cool vibe. You got multiple deviants. You know, they, they ambushed them. For a moment, I thought Druig was bad and he had brought them there, you know, yeah. to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was not the case. Um, I love the I love the Treviant. I love seeing the transmutation in effect. Like, shout out to the first scene when she turned the bus and it just like what were those rose petals? That. Yeah, oh, that so, was so cool. Yeah, so cool. And just like the, the way she's able to use that in a defensive mecha- uh, mechanism or like that, I love it. The Eternals fight against Icarus was very visually striking though, and very emotionally poignant because, like, Icarus is like. He's like, yeah, I'll kill y'all. Like, you know, it's, it's, I'm down for it. Like, and so they had to like fight not for themselves, not only for themselves, for the entire world. Like, and it's something that they all had kind of a personal stake in in different ways. You see our boy Fastos, like, 
they say it in like the marketing. There's like the five fighting Eternals and like the five, I guess what the mental ones are like the people that help civilization. Right. Fastos can do it both, man. Like, yeah. Like took care. Like he he contained mm-hmm. them the way he's throwing those those gadgets around. <laughs> and Makari looked just beautiful running around at, at at super speed. So great. I don't know who I want to vote for. <laughs> I'm going fight in the Amazon. I, I think just seeing them all work together, even if Icarus is like kind of reluctant about it and all, mm-hmm. um, that was great and also very sad because our boy Gil, rest in peace, mm-hmm. did yeah. not need. I didn't think that was going to happen. I'm very upset that that happened. Mm-hmm. But overall, a great fight scene. So that's my that's my vote. That's the W. And the FE goes to. The Amazon Ambush. And now the nominees for Best Couple. All right. Best Couple or Best Pairing. Whatever we want to go with. Two people who we think gelled or really worked together. Damon, who's your who's your vote for or your nom for Best Couple? It's Makari and Truick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> was just like the way they stared at each other. Even like the very first time they looked at each other, you were like, oh, and then it just kept going, like like when they finally see each other again in the domo, and it's like they're just like just eye fucking each other essentially. <laughs> like, oh hey, it's nice to see you again, and it's just it's it's like this quiet, subtle, but like very very visible and apparent energy and chemistry mm-hmm. that I loved. I wanted to see more of it. I love that they paired them together at the end to go search for for more Eternals. I love mm-hmm. that. I wanted to see more. Like it was this is like my wallflower best couple award smashed Love together. It. Um but yeah, that's my nom. Kyle, what's yours? Uh so that was obviously my first pick, but uh as far as an, an alternate, I kind of took this as again like any just pairing and I re- I really loved Kingo and Karun together. Or Karun. They were so fun. Like I just Karun was such a fun character. He low-key delivered like this movie has a lot of good emotional moments. He delivered probably for me like the most quietly devastating scene when he and Kingo are leaving and he's like mm-hmm. he seems genuinely affected like thank you for what you've done for humans. Like I hope I get to see you again. That actually like almost made me tear up because it was so human and such a beautiful moment. But Kingo and him together are just so wholesome. I love how he just always has a camera, especially in the Amazon fight. <laughs> he just keeps pulling them out. I loved it. It was just, it was adorable. And they're just so fun together. I want to see, I want this movie, but like a a found footage version of it from his cameras. I would love to watch that. (laughs) The documentary that they're making. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love it. Leah, what's your nom? Uh, So I am going to go with Gil and Thena. Um, just cause it kind of reminded me of a, a much more mature and obviously like millennia old version of, um, Shang and Aquafina and stuff like that, where it's not, mm. it's, they may have been in love, love at one point, like romantic love, but for the most part, it's like, it's just like, they're bound together with their duty, with their purpose. He's always looking out for her, you know, she, knows that and she reacts to him and they just kind of play off of each other in a really amazing way um and you can just you can just feel the love there between the two of them um 
So I would, I would like to, I wish we had seen more with them. Um, there's so many things I wish we'd seen more of, uh, but we get what we get. Um, so those two would be, would be my best couple pairing. I don't know. They just seemed like, like I said, like, they just seemed like such like a mature, uh, love that I feel like, you know, everyone should strive for either platonically or romantically or, you know, just, yeah, just like that. So I love that. Um, the, every scene with Thena and the Mad Weary was was great, I thought, yeah. and just the connection between her and Gil. Gil was just like, yeah, I I would, you know, I'll do this for her as long as it takes. He, it seems like he would do that for any of them, really. Like, Gil just is like, so seems like the lover, just like the, the big brother of everyone. He's there to just, you know, hug everyone and give everyone saliva beer and make sure they're happy and fed. Yeah, it was just it's such a heartwarming pairing. I yeah, thought. yeah. And it was, so sad it, when he died. Yeah, and in my mind, it's almost like the what like what they were trying to do with uh, Natasha and Hulk and everything, and it was just done so much better this way. Mm -hmm. so. I, I like that comparison. Um, and then with Karun, M the MCU is untouchable when it comes to the side characters <laughs> that could just be throwaways that could just be like okay like can we get them off the screen but they're done so well every single time we're coming up like that's my character that's my person give us more give me more louise give me more of a johnny um i'm blanking our our, our magician guy um johnny jimmy woo. woo jimmy jimmy woo yes yeah they, they always do that and so he was just another one and his his relationship with kinga was was so great it's like he's just his director is he and then like it seems like oh wow they, they seem to just be pretty pretty close mm. and the fact that he just came with them to shoot this was great they had great chemistry but i'm going makari and Druig for <laughs> yeah as i've said before and i with the tv show if this had been a tv show like to see just those little scenes between them in the past, you know, would just have made it even more awesome to see them, mm -hmm. like, when they finally saw each other again. That's my vote. Kyle, what's yours? Yeah, I I think it's got to be Druig and Makari. I think, I think with... I didn't have a problem with Cersei and Icarus. It was fine. I Whatever. But... They were they tried so hard to make it seem like that was as natural as what Druig and Makari was. And that was like we didn't need anything to know that that was such a natural thing. Like, those people just are fucking that's just canon. <laughs> and like also the actors know what they're doing on social media. Like they have been like retweeting stuff about those two characters and like they know exactly what they're doing. And so yeah, they were just so fun to watch. Um, loved both characters. And this is a pairing also that, like, is there's potential to see more of in the future. Like Damon said, they're together at the end of the movie, you know, in our post credit scene. So, yeah, I, I hope we get more of the two of them. Um, yeah, they, they just they're they're so fun to watch. I do want to. So that's my vote. I want to shout out because we didn't mention it. It did mean a lot to see Fastos and Ben together. That was really great and just felt very natural and. Just Fastos in general is such a fun character, but that that family, him, them and their son was just very. That was the kind of the emotional core of the movie for for me, and like everything with them, I, I would watch like 
two more hours of that. So that was great. But my my vote is uh, Drew against Macari. Leah, is your vote different? My vote is not different. So <laughs> definitely up there. Um, yeah. And it's just like, like you said, like you get it in a couple of glances. Like you don't even need, you get it in a glance and like a one casual conversation about stealing things and getting in trouble. Like that's, that, that sealed it. It's right there. And it's, I've seen a bunch of different things. People cannot seem to get on board together with whether or not Richard Madden and Gemma Chan had chemistry. Some people are like, it was amazing. And the people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I'm in the, what are you talking about camp? But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes just two pretty people on screen do not chemistry make. So, <laughs> you know, I felt like they had chemistry in the way that they had chemistry before, but it's like been so long that it's just gone now. So it's almost just, more awkward than anything mm. that's the yeah. vibes i'm getting yeah there's like emotional beat like that kind of chemistry as far as like not seeing each other's point of view from from you know their what they wanted to do with with earth and everything but like actual like romantic chemistry i don't know, maybe like two thousand years ago but that sex scene just was yeah it, it and it was, still is like the spiciest the MCU has ever gotten. <laughs> I don't know. I think the, the Matt and, and uh, Steve kiss was hotter than that. No, that's true. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that's that's but very fair. I don't think they were going for hot. I think they were going yeah. for emotional and it was and a little connected. more tender. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's a sweep. And the FE goes to Makari and Druig. Here are the nominees for the Mic Drop Award. The Mic Drop Award. I believe this is the first time we're doing this one, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was it was given to us by our great friend Anna as an idea. Essentially, this is the most shocking, surprising moment that you're just like, like you know, you just can't fathom that it was going to happen, or it just kind of came out of left field. The Mic Drop Award. Leah, what's your not? Uh, so we literally were just talking about it. It's the MCU's first sex scene. That <laughs> came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I'm not saying it was good, but <laughs> here it is. I think it opened some doors. Um, you know, people having sex in Babylon. It is what it is. So it's the it is the birthplace of civilization for a reason, apparently. <laughs> 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 that is that w- it's a huge thing i mean you know like the tv properties you had jessica drew obviously and uh and luke cage and whatnot uh obviously banging boots and stuff but this was a huge deal so yeah. or i think i think it is a huge deal i think it will become it'll be interesting to see where they go with this so right yeah that's fair kyle what's your name Uh, So mine is, I didn't know how I felt about this initially. And the more I've thought about it, I've really come around on the Icarus twist. I thought it was very interesting. Maybe I was just blind going in, but I didn't expect that at all. So I'm specifically focusing on the twist that he killed Ajax. Um, I will say going in, I expected Ajax to die because... We, we like don't see much of her in the marketing at all. And then the movie starts and she's like the leader of the team. And I was like, oh, like this is going <laughs> to span time and she's going to just be killed off very early on in the movie. And I think the way they did it was interesting. The way that kind of it kicked off the events of the movie was handled really well. But 
the revelation that it was Icarus who killed her. And then basically you get Icarus as we, you know, the movie itself makes jokes about him being Superman. It's like, Oh, turns out he's not Superman. He's spoilers for invincible. He's Omni-Man. <laughs> he's basically Omni-Man. Um, so yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. I was excited to see Richard Madden in this movie in general. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Um, and I think he played the twist really well. Like he played that righteous kind of like, like he knows he feels in his heart that he is doing what is right. And like, he just seems like so determined on that. And so when they played that twist of him, you know, pushing Ajax down with the, the deviants, it was just so like, you get so angry, but you're like, Oh man, this is being done so well. And I just want to see more of him kind of like hamming it up. So that's my pick. You know, I almost nominated Icarus for wallflower award because I feel like this twist could have been even but like even more surprising and shocking and better if we cared more about Icarus. But like, I just, I found myself like, eh, he's okay. I mean, <laughs> I just didn't get anything from him that made me be like, oh, wow, he's cool. You know, like, right. I guess that was almost the point. They wanted us to not care for him, maybe. So yeah. when they yeah. happen, like, yeah, he's bad. But like, I don't know. I just didn't feel any kind of sort of way about him. So that was that was one part where it fell for me, unfortunately. But that twist, the twist, still, regardless, I was very surprised that they killed Ajax. I was like, wow, damn, because I, I believe she was doing an amazing job with her. I, that was one of my favorite characters of the Eternals. I think hmm. um, my nom is the true mission reveal of the Eternals. Like, I was not expecting that. But it made a lot of sense. I love that it essentially shows you, like, gives you the whole idea of, like, they're bigger than. And so, like, they think of people as nothing more than just, like, ants almost. You know, like, they're they're nothing compared to Celestials. Like, if they're their energy to be born, so what? Like, they're they're nothing in comparison. So for that that to happen and for the Eternals to react the way they did was great i thought like even though that they're hot sexy robots you know they they still feel for these people that they've been with for thousands of years and they have these connections and stuff i so yeah that came out no like i did not see that coming and i really thought that was a cool idea and switch up so that's my nom leah yes thinking you're gonna vote for um I think I did. I don't know. I felt like Icarus right from the jump was like, there's something shady about this motherfucker. Um, the thing actually with him that I thought you were going to mention was on my oh shit list um, was actually uh, his, you know, content trigger warning, his suicide. Like I right. thought that, that was insane that they did that. Cause like we've seen sacrifice in the MCU. Mm -hmm. This wasn't a sacrifice. This was, this was a suicide, um, yeah. you know, say whatever else you want about it. But like, that was, that was on, that was my second thing on my list about that. Um, so that was, that, that I thought was more of a surprise than his, you know, bad gay. Um, <laughs> but I think actually I'm going to go with, I, I said the sex scene, which I do think is big, but I'm actually going to go with Damon. Um, Cause that was also on my list in that the fact that it was just, that was a very cool moment, a very cool, big reveal. You weren't expecting it at all, especially the depth to which it went. Um, 
And then it was interesting to see the comparison with that versus like Ego, who was also a celestial. And he was also planting seeds on planets, but for a very right. different reason. Um, <laughs> uh, so it was interesting to see that like we'd already kind of heard of this concept, but this is taking it even further and stuff. So, so I would go with demons. And also, it's been brought up before, but like this puts... Thanos and his his whole plan into a whole new light. <laughs> it really does. does. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? They just completely they like uncanonized all their shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like was Thanos doing this on purpose? It it sounds like I feel like he would have said something like about that, but mm -hmm. instead right. of like resources. But it, it like even being like indirectly like doing it without knowing it, it he was delaying the inevitable. Because if he hadn't done that, would Ajax have come around and been like, it's seven days before this happens. I need to save the world. Instead, the world would have just died like already. I don't know. Um, I, I definitely think I'm going to uh, vote for the Eternals true mission, though. Um, what are you thinking, Kyle? Yeah, it's it's a clean sweep. I think those are all really great. Um, and I do. I, I you caught me off guard, Leah, but I do think that's actually worth mentioning because there, the fact that the MCU is now, I don't know, like 26, 27 movies deep, uh, and this was the first sex scene, is, that says a lot. Like, we get, like, hints, I think early on with, like, the Iron Man movies, they yeah. got a little, like, they, they were like, we're going to test the boundaries a little bit, but they still didn't really go for it. And I feel like it just kind of takes away from the movie that like all these movies have such attractive people, but they're so fucking bland and sexless in most of the movies. Like there's just not a whole lot of all of the chemistry is in like eyes. It's just in people like looking at each other and it's really <laughs> nothing else. And so, yeah, the fact that they were finally like, okay, these are very attractive people. We're obviously something happened between them. We're going to, we're going to like confirm that. I think that was worth mentioning, but yeah, the, the, the mission reveal, I'm going to vote for that as well because I've always been intrigued by the idea of Celestials. Obviously, Guardians 2 is my favorite MCU movie for many reasons, but I do love the co the cosmic side of it, like the, the Celestial side of it. And so getting more info on that and this. And then I all, I'm a sucker for like that this kind of twist where it's like you think you've been doing the right thing the whole time and you're really told that like you had no free will on the matter and you've been kind of just this machine. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I think that was played really well. I think... That that's probably where like the best performances come from is when they re they realize that it's been a lie the whole time, um, especially uh, what's his name Barry Barry Keegan as Druid. I, I love the way he played that when he's so fucking pissed about this and he's like, my whole life has been a lie. I just I, I love that. Um, so yeah, that's that's stuff in my vote. That's the true mission reveal. I, I love misleading or deceitful gods as a true. Yeah, you know. Like you said, be, people like live your entire life one way to find out it's it's false because of these people are doing it. You know, I, I love those reveals. So this was right down my alley. It was also interesting to see how each of them, like you said, like Kyle, how each of them responded to that news and stuff. And it seemed very within their characters. So they did a good job with with that. So. Right. And the F.E. goes to the true mission of the Eternals is revealed. And now the nominees for the Easter Egg Award. All right, we have the Easter Egg Award, a staple for the MCU. The MCU loves its Easter eggs, its references. Uh, Damon, what is your nominee for the Easter Egg Award? 
Blade. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blade, baby, is here. I love Blade. I really, really do. I just rewatched Blade 1 and 2, like, this past month for Halloween. People were like, that's weird for Halloween. I'm like, it's vampires. It's cool. It's, it's horror. Good. It's, it's I haven't watched Blade for yeah. any reason at all. Yeah. Blade 2 is better than Blade 1. I always say that. They're both oh, yeah. amazing. But, like, just to hear him at the end, like, you know, you sure you're ready for that, Mr. Whitman? Like, like I told Kyle, I, at first I was like, because it was so fast and then it was over. I was trying to process. I was like, Fury? And I, yeah. as I was getting up off my chair, I was like, no, that didn't sound like Fury. And, like, I heard someone else, like, walking, like, in front of me said, was that Blade? And I was like, <laughs> it had to be Blade. And, of course, they confirmed it uh, later on, uh, Chloe and everybody. But that was so cool. And it's just, it's Blade in the MCU. I don't know if I ever would have thought that was going to happen. It's a very different kind of vibe. But give me more horror. Give me give me vampires. Give me Midnight Suns. The Ebony Blade. Give me all of that. I want to see him kill Deacon Frost again. Mm. I'm here for it. Such so, so cool. Um, that's yeah. my knob. Uh, Kyle, what's yours? Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we're talking about this now. The, I had the blade thing for my great expectations, so that's just I'm gonna cross that out now. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that that would be my nominee. But I'm gonna go with one that I didn't even catch on my initial watch of the movie, and then in, lo- in looking at kind of the Easter eggs, I spotted because um, it's real blink and you miss it. But when the Eternals are hanging out on Kingo's jet. You get a real quick shot of Captain America's World War II shield mm-hmm. just on the wall. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. I was like, I don't understand this. And this is we've been talking about this a lot. I wish they had expanded more on this. And like, because it seems like more of a thing that Makari would have maybe collected. So I was just so thrown off by that. But so also so intrigued because we do get I, I love the running joke that Kingo has been playing like all these different (laughs) characters in these movies so like it makes me wonder like maybe he at one point just came across captain america you know like we we had the same thing with black widow where it was more of like a uh david harbour's character was really just kind of like it was his ego like talking about how he you know tussled with captain america but this seems like a legitimate possibility like I, i think it's very possible that kingo at some point ran across the howling commandos and cap and you know, like, oh, what's up? Well, they knew he, Thor. He, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he named up Thor. He could have ran against freaking our boy, the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, totally possible. Like, yeah. The rings have a connection to them. How? I still want to know that. Right. So well, even mm-hmm. when they were like, uh, Fastos fashioned those bands for them, I was like, that's <laughs> a lot like the the rings, like mm-hmm. design wise. It's, it's one of those things where, like, a lot of the stuff is, like, I kind of wish this show, a friend of mine said this, and it was, like, a light bulb moment, kind of wish this movie was a Disney Plus series. Like, give us mm-hmm. 10 episodes of this, like, 10-hour-long yes. episodes. Yeah. It would be incredible. Um, I, I kind of understand why they didn't want to do that, because it's a brand-new property. But, uh, yeah, so I just, I thought it was a cool little shout to, my, one of my favorite movies is the first Avenger, and so the, the, the throwback to his shield was a lot of fun, and then just that, it raised a, a big question of like, did Kingo just used to be buddies with Captain America? Like, I want to see that story. <laughs> yes, I love that. Leah, what's your nom? Uh, so I am a whore for mythology, and this was obviously full of fucking mythology shit. Um, but my favorite thing was when 
um, God, I just almost called him Jon Snow again. Uh, when Dane is talking to Cersei and he's like, you a wizard, are, are you a wizard? Because um, that's just my favorite because in mythology, Cersei is, you know, she's a sorceress. She's a witch. And, you know, he keeps asking to be turned into a giraffe and she would turn, you know, men into pigs on her island and everything. And she could just <laughs> change animals. Um, and that was just my my favorite little little bit. So, yeah. I love that. And that's also like a double Easter egg because mm-hmm. like, are you a wizard? goes into the whole, hey, it's it's the three things in the MCU. It's either yeah. aliens, androids, or wizards. Yeah. <laughs> she was an android wizard. She was <laughs> a wizard. No, she was an alien. She was all three. She was all three. <laughs> <laughs> she checks every box. <laughs> Sam Wilson's going to trip out when he meets them. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Um, that's a good one. I really, cause I, I really enjoyed, I thought Dane and Cersei had some chemistry. Yes. Yeah. They had more chemistry than she had with Icarus. That's for sure. Way more. Yeah. Because I mean, they're, they're supposedly supposed to be going into the future, at least together, at Mm -hmm. least for for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it seemed like he was going to go rescue her. He was like, I have to touch this blade, even if it means darkness. Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) I gotta go blade. I can't not go blade. Yeah. But that's a tough I I I very much like the wizard uh whole thing. That that's really cool. Kyle, what's your vote? Um man, this is really tough. Uh yeah, I think I think I'm gonna go with Blade just because it's it's Blade. I just I love Blade. <laughs> it's so exciting because like like you said, Damon, even when they announced that they were doing Blade, they announced that Mahershala was attached. I was excited, but I was like, how are they going to do this? Because Blade rarely interacts with the Avengers in the comics, and it's always really weird because they're very different tones. But this is the perfect way to bring him in. Have him, like, maybe we get a team up with him and Dane as as Black Knight. I would be so into that. Um, yeah, just bring in the horror side of the MCU. This is almost where I wish we... I love the idea of a connected universe, but I wish we could just get like Blade movies by themselves and then occasional references to the other events of the MCU. But the fact that he is now canon in the MCU and we have a Blade in the MCU is just wild. So that's definitely my vote as well. Leah, what's yours? I'm sticking with Cersei the Sorceress. (laughs) That's very fair. I I don't mind you at all. That's really Yeah, the way... The way they wove in mythology was really cool. Like, I love oh, the idea that oh, Athena God. was the basically the inspiration for Athena. And then, like, Sprite, mm-hmm. you know, was the inspiration for Peter Pan. Like, it was all really, it was handled really Makari well. Makari is like, Mercury. Like, I mean, hello. Yes. Like, yeah, that them. was super so fun. Good. I, more. I wanted more of that. I just wanted yes. to know every single thing that they inspired. Like, I just wanted yeah. to hear all this. This is this. Like, it was pretty, it was so good. I really loved how they did all of that. So, that right. was so good and the effie goes to blade arrives in the mcu and here are the nominees for best quote best quote a mainstay here one that's always fun uh you can go with the funniest you can go with the ones that talk tell you about the movie you can go with just the completely random like we did with uh with shang chi and trevor <laughs> um but yeah let's where we go, Leah? What what's your nom? Oh, 
sorry. Um, so my, uh, I, uh, I don't, mm, I didn't like this one because I had a bunch of things. Nothing like ever like jumped, jumped out at me. Um, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Kingo's as he's getting ready to leave, he says, you know, I refuse to hurt any of you for my beliefs, which I feel like if everybody could get on the same fucking page with that in the planet, we would be great. <laughs> so um, that was a huge, a huge takeaway um, for, for me. I, I just, I really loved that one. Um, you know, it's not saying that you need to stop having your beliefs. It just means that I have my beliefs and I don't need to trample anyone or harm anyone to, to prove that I have my beliefs. Like, I don't, why should I have to prove to myself what I believe? So, yeah, that's me. I like that. My nom is, is one from Thena. When you love something, you protect it. A very simple, but it, it, it kind of talks about essentially what the Eternals were doing you know the whole time it was a mission yes but like you see that they clearly make connections with people on earth like you even heard that some of them say like this is different than anything before like even though they didn't have their memories of the previous planets it, it's just they had this different feel except of course of ajak and ajak herself is like these humans are special there's there's something going mm -hmm. on here and but also not only that but this when you love something you you protect it it's it's not even human. It's animalistic. It's something that is instinctive to honestly all sentient life. I feel like mm -hmm. like things that you you love or care for, you will always try to protect in any way you can. And I, I don't know. I just found that uh, very powerful. So that's my nom. Kyle, what's yours? Uh, yeah. So this one is. I'm. I like that we're all going with. These are all three quotes that really. Uh, represent kind of the themes of this movie and this is one from druig um when they're in babylon and he says we're just like the soldiers down there pawns to their leaders blinded by loyalty loyal loyalty um and i i loved druig's kind of arc he was one, really one of the first to be like i i don't agree with this and he kind of goes out on his own but i just i love that that's really a great theme of this mo of this movie boiled down in a very simple quote of like at some point when you realize that what you're doing is not what you thought you were doing, you have to start really thinking for yourself and, and, and questioning whether what you're doing is the right thing. Um, and it was just delivered really well by, by Barry Keegan. So I just, yeah, that's, that's my vote. I love that. What was the, the last part of that loyal to uh, loyalty? So yeah, we're just like the soldiers down there, pawns to their leaders blinded by loyalty. Gotcha. That's a really good one. That was definitely on my short list. All of those, Whew, those are those are three very very good quotes yeah start us off what, what are you gonna vote for um i am gonna vote for uh i think it just speaks to the parent in me but i gotta go with yours damon with the if you love it protect it so yeah thank you i'm going to vote for Hmm. Honestly, I think I, gotta go for, I refuse to hurt any of you for for my beliefs. I I like you know that one just really is very very poignant right now in today's society. Like Leah said, it's if we all could do that, then the world would be way better off. And I mean, at the end of the day, like you can have your beliefs, 
any anyone can have your beliefs, whatever they are. Just don't like be harmful with them. Don't hurt someone because of it, especially if they're your family or your friends. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Um. So yeah, that's my vote, Kyle. What are you voting for? to be the tiebreaker uh or not tiebreaker uh i i think i'm gonna also gonna go with the thena one when you love something you protect it i think so that was one that obviously was all over the marketing like it was in every trailer and i on watching the trailers i was like this feels very generic and like a very generic kind of quote but once you get the context behind it especially because she when she says it it's like something that gilgamesh told her in protecting her, it's so much more poignant and so much more emotionally resonant. And then I think she says it to Cersei, right? Yes. Um, yeah, it's about like protecting humans. So it just kind of takes on that extra meaning. And I thought it was delivered really well from Angelina Jolie, who really like surprised me in this movie. I like Angelina Jolie, but you know, I mean, she's such a huge star. You almost feel like she's gonna like phone it in and every blockbuster performance and she's really great in this movie she's just very vulnerable and just it's kind of a new side of her i I thought she was really really good um but the way she delivered that line was just really really resonant so i gotta go with that one all right thena with the w i mean i feel like thena's always getting w's (laughs) (laughs) and the fe goes to when you love something you protect it and now the nominees for valedictorian all right, valedictorian. This is another uh, staple of the Effies. Our basically our favorite performance character, the person who really stole this movie. Uh, Damon, who's your who's your nom for valedictorian? It's got to be Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. For one, also not in the movie nearly enough. They took way too long to get to him. Like Gil dies before we get to him, and I'm just like, what? What kind of pacing? <laughs> You're supposed to get the band back together and then people are supposed to maybe die. But like they just took like I feel like that could have been shortened. But Fastos was amazing. He was kind of like the annoyed older brother. He's just like everyone like, what are you doing? Like, especially when they show up at his house, like, okay, these are my friends from college and everything like that. Like the side eyes he'll give everybody when he's working like on on his great the engine and everything and they're like you can't do that he's like okay fine then let's see what i got <laughs> it's the plow, the plow. <laughs> it's just so good and then hit the scene with him and his family was just so heartwarming so special it was beautiful and like just everything he did it felt like he was that character he felt like he was this this thousand year old alien android wizard that was just done with life but had found his his purpose and was just trying to live it as long as he could and enjoy it and he was great and then like his fight with icarus was was awesome yeah i i love everything he did in this movie he was fantastic that's my my nom leah what's yours uh i was thinking brian tyree henry except like you said like it just didn't feel like he was in it enough like to really really get that same thing with with Barry Cogan and stuff um I, I mean so I actually I went with uh Harish Patel the Karoon because Karoon because he's you know he's at he's us he's the human that 
you know, is seeing all this stuff and is finding out that, you know, potentially he's going to die. Uh, very, very likely he's going to die. And I mean, you were even talking about it earlier when he, when we get that beat from him when he leaves with Kingo and he doesn't just say thank you and I hope we see you again. I mean, he, he knows that he's probably going to die and he's still so grateful for this chance that he got to have to be with them and to see what they can do and to know what they've given to him and our society and our world over the last 7,000 years. Um, he just hits the best beats. Uh, he's so, it's not just like a throwaway, like comedic character. Uh, he actually does have a lot of emotion with his stuff. I think that he actually had some of the most emotional beats of everybody in it. Maybe that's because he's not a robot alien ninja star Lord person, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, he's, he's my vote. So. Love it. Kyle, what's your nom? Um, man, I'm torn. I think I'm going to go with who I'm quickly realizing. I guess I am in this camp alone of, I really enjoyed Richard Madden, uh, but I'm going to go with Richard Madden as, as Icarus. Uh, Everyone knows, anyone who knows me knows I'm a huge Superman fan, so that's probably not that surprising. But I I just enjoy, I felt like as soon as I was, Damon, I was with you before the twist. Like, I, I was kind of like, this is a relatively one-note character. He's their Superman, but he's kind of boring. And, like, I don't know why he's in this so much when we're not getting, you know, like Brian Tyree Henry more. Like, why he has a, such a big role. When the twist happens, whether it's telecasted or not, the way he plays it really sold me on the character and the way that he has this real, like just conviction about him. Like he really believes that he's doing what's right. And yeah, just, I, especially at the end, Leah mentioned like, this is really the, I mean, we really get the fallout of his actions afterward. Like he, everything ends and, and the, the day is saved and you see like how much, how much of a toll it took on him to fight his family. And he, tells you know cersei he kind of breaks down and says i'm sorry and then he just flies off this is what i felt was maybe a bit of like a waste of potential because we don't we don't get icarus now in future eternals projects maybe but i mean they were pretty definitive about him flying into the sun well, can he die from that though and also he could be downloaded again right like that's true again. yeah that's very fair um, all technically can come back right all. right so, yeah, but the, just like that, that idea of we get a real full arc with him. Like we get mm. who we think is like this very one note Boy Scout character showing up to help. And like, you know, one, I think big missed opportunity to not get more scenes with him and Kit together, because come on, mm -hmm. like everyone wanted that, especially if Kit was going to be Black Knight, because he said the next time I'll see you, you'll be dressed in black in Game of Thrones. So that would have been great. Uh, but I... I just think that we get a full arc of him being this good guy to, oh, he's actually a bad guy to, he's really a morally complex character to him. Actually, we don't see a lot of villains like directly deal with the fallout of their actions in the MCU. We get a little bit of it with like, you know, like Michael Keaton in homecoming because he, luckily he doesn't get killed. That's one decision I really like in that movie is that they don't kill him off and Spider-Man saves him and we get him get sent to jail and then, randomly show up in Morbius for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, but we get Icarus really like, you can tell this took a toll on him personally, like what happened between him and his family and then him flying off and, and like, you know, just leaving and maybe dying, who knows? Uh, but I, I, I just enjoyed it a lot. That was, so that's, that's my vote is, is Richard Madden is Icarus. 
I like it. I like it. Um, you know, I, I will say I very much enjoyed Icarus after the turn because, like I said earlier, like he was straight up like, "Yeah, I'll kill you all." Like mm-hmm. it was just very like matter of fact. He's like, "Like y'all need to stop playing." Like when he blew up their them trying to come up with a Unimon, he's like, "Y'all just chill out." Like I'm done. <laughs> I'm done entertaining the thought of this. This is what's going to happen. He's just like, you know, I'm like the older brother now. Like I'm telling y'all how it's going to be, and. It was cool, yeah, because, like, is this who he actually is? Because then, like, you see him kind of waver towards the end. Like, it's like, he doesn't want to be this towards them. He just wants to do his purpose. Like, he wants to, he he feels very, um, what's the word? Um, very compassionate and just vindicated towards it. Like, he wants to do it. This is what he's, he's, like, uh, Ajax told him after Babylon, correct? Is that when he said he found out? So yes. he's known for yes. so long. This is an instant where I really wish we had it as a TV show to yeah. see him like find out, see what how he reacted, and then see how he changed as a person. Like, did, was he still the same person towards everybody? Like, just how did they interact towards each other? Because you really don't see, we see very little interaction between them. Like, you know, you get the like the scene at Gills and all that, a little bit in Babylon, but not much. Like. I just would love to see that connection. I feel like that would have made Richard Madden a lot more, um, a, a character I could invest in a lot more. But he he did do a good job as far as the performance, especially after the turn. And then Harish as Karun was just amazing. Like, maybe one of my favorite parts of the movie. And I think that's my vote, just because he was in it almost, like, way more than almost anybody, really, other than Cersei and Icarus, I would say. Um, and just everything he did was hilarious, funny, very heartfelt. Like you said, when he was saying bye to everybody, he's like, thank you. I'm just so grateful for everyone. And yeah, I, I think I got to go with him. Karun, just MVP, doing it from the sidelines. That's my vote. <laughs> Leah, what's yours? Um, I Yeah, I think I have to stick with Karun as well, just because he's our, he's us. So he is what they've been doing this for, for, you know, a millennia, um, what they've been protecting, um, what changes their minds, basically, um, to, you know, not go through with what the plan was supposed to be. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's Karun for me. (laughs) Kyle, what's yours? Yep. Another clean sweep. Uh, I think that fantasy stories, like, you know anything like star wars or these marvel movies or anything always emphasize the need for like an everyman character i think with mm-hmm. the mcu they have not really needed it before now because with the avengers yes they are superheroes but they still are like earth-based human beings and so you, the, the need for it is not as apparent but in a, in a movie like this these are legitimately like, like you said damon they are all three they're androids alien wizards <laughs> so like you you really do need that everyday character to ground the movie and to be kind of the the, the moral compass of the movie um and like y'all have been saying he does he's not just comic relief but he does provide a lot of the biggest laughs in the movie and i love the uh when kingo leaves and uh kingo or sorry uh god what's his name druig leaves and kingo's like god druig sucks and he's just like yes he, do- <laughs> yes, he does sir <laughs> love, he's just yes manning him and it's just great but he, he does provide that, but then also, like y'all are saying, just at the turn provides a lot of really great emotional moments that just stick. I did not expect that going into this movie that, mm. like, 
I would get most emotional watching this character, but I did. I mean, he was just, he provided that. So it's a, it's a clean sweep for our guy, Karun. And the FE goes to Harish Patel as Karun. And here are the nominees for best memory. Best memory. The best scene or moment from this movie. This was a hard one for me personally. Let's see what y'all came up with. Kyle, what's your nom? Yeah, a hard one for me as well, because I think that this is a movie. There's a lot of movies like this where when you break down specific moments, it becomes a better movie. I think like when you when it moments on their own, like are really fun. And then the movie as a whole maybe is not the most cohesive or like not the best. But you have these moments that kind of shine through that are like, oh, man, if we get more of this, it'll be a really, really great movie. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll with one that. I don't know that it took me by surprise, but it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, this is a really they're doing something different. And it's basically our opening sequence. Like, first of all, an opening crawl. (laughs) I was like I was sitting there in the theater like, oh, this is different. This is like a Star Wars movie. This is cool. Um, And then you get like this really cool sequence of them coming to Earth, coming to what Mesopotamia in like 500 B.C., I think. wasn't it 5,000 BC? 5,000, yeah. 5, that makes much more sense. <laughs> uh, in 5,000 BC, and you get one, two. I, what I also didn't expect was the first interaction between Icarus and Cersei. Like, I just thought that these people would all know each other right away. And, like, mm. this is, like, their first meeting. And, like, them, like... Sense now. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> um, but that whole sequence, and then you get the your first look at the Deviants and... It's kind of when you don't really know what kind of movie this is going to be for a while. And then you get like you immediately what I love about it is you immediately understand that Cersei is going to be the one to have the real connection with human beings because she fashions that that thing to give to the the boy. And like you can sense a real genuine connection between her and and the, and the boy. And so, like, I, I just love the way I'm a sucker for the way a movie sets itself up. I, I think that that is a make or break kind of thing. If a movie can't do that, then it's already destined for failure. And so the way that they set up what the story was going to be it was very different and like not at all what we've seen in the mcu before i think it was probably one of the most like one of the quietest openings of an mcu movie like just very i mean there's a there's a fight kind of but like it's it's really character based and very introspective and like really setting up like these are these are going to be characters that are going to interact with human beings and like that's where the connection of this movie is going to come from so yeah my, my nom is basically this like entire like opening sequence the openings of the Phase 4 movie so far, I feel like, have been very strong. Yes. Yeah, Shang-Chi was incredible. <laughs> oh, so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, what is your nom? Um, so before I do that, I, I did want to say one thing about, about Kyle's at the opening. Um, so, you know, when they're going over and they're seeing, like, the village of Tom Hanks castaway characters, um, <laughs> that's all I could think of. Um <laughs> So so they do the thing and they see them and then like she she hands them the very pretty knife. Um, so my fucking broken head was like, oh, he's going to be scared and he's going to stab her and kill her. And that is why they're not going to help Earthlings. Um, oh, that would have been insane. Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I just had to get that out there because I was like, oh, he's going to stab her. He's going to oh, stab her. Yeah. <laughs> and I did later on. 
Well, it made me think of the scene from um for one of my favorite um comics elf quest when the they meet the the humans meet the elves and the elves are like hello we bring you things and they're like kill them with clubs kill them with yeah. clubs <laughs> so they react like humans react in any they react like situation. humans <laughs> that were even like worse than our humans so yeah. <laughs> uh so anyways sorry that was distraction um so for me my best like scene moment memory was comes when uh druig actually separates from everyone and that's that beautiful scene where you know he just he can't do it anymore and you see him that scene where he's descending from oh, down yeah. the stairs and everything and he just like disappears into the amazon with you know the people that he just saved and you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what's going on with him but the music that was playing was amazing the score was great for that scene and you see the fire in the piers and it's it's the first time one of them has broken away and kind of you know had their own they were their own person basically mm -hmm. uh, with their own thoughts and everything they weren't just a single unit and I, that scene really stuck with me and I just keep seeing it over and over again. So. Drew's great. A lot of, very problematic of a power and choice of use. Mm, but mm -hmm. still, yeah. I feel much feel for him. The, the ability to what he can do and stop and not being able to gotta be frustrating. We, I mean, we've seen the really bad side of that with Kilgrave. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what he could become very easily, you know? Yes. A hundred percent control everyone on the earth at the same time though is like right. Oof, the fact that yeah. you do that with like no like like sweat is just <laughs> terrifying like how yeah. like that's another thing before we uh, say my name like how strong are these people in comparison to everyone else are they like stronger than like captain marvel by a like a league or are they the same i don't like i don't know and i don't know how they're going to what what's going to happen like how are is are people going to get nerfed? Are they going to be the strongest characters going forward because of what they are? They're like created by the Celestials and like they'll be very important. I don't know. I'm very intrigued by that. So yeah, who knows? But Druk's power is the is terrifying. It's terrifying. It's cool. It's terrifying. It's yeah. It's a yeah. conundrum. <laughs> so I my nom for this was between two two scenes, two memories that I really enjoyed. I think I'm going to go, though, with Fastos and his family. Like I mentioned mm -hmm. earlier, I just think, for one, it's the first openly gay character in the MCU, which is long time coming, shouldn't it be. Um, but the fact that it was, and it was done so well in a very beautiful, very visible, but not like, what's the word, um, parade way, even though if they did that, I'd be fine with it too. But like this was just a very matter of fact, like this is a family they're together. This is them and their kid. It was so beautiful. Him telling his son, you know, good night and all like that. It was great. It was like, and then him telling that he needs to go and save the world if if they, you know, if they want to have be a family still. Freaking Icarus breaking the table, like just the whole the whole scene with them at Fast's house was, I think, just really well done. And I I thought it was a was just like it could have done been done badly or ta very tacky way or very cliche I, I thought it was just very subtle and beautiful so that's that's my knock so those are the three kyle what's your vote oh, this is tough um i'm glad you mentioned 
uh, like this whole sequence with the Fastos and his family, because I always love in these movies, like whether it's in Age of Ultron, like with the party scene in the beginning or like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the episode where they're just throwing the shield around and talking like these really cool, just very low stakes kind of human moments that happen between these larger than life superheroes. I always love that. And it's always it's for me, it's a way of like grounding these stories and making them more relatable and more real. These are just people who like they're yeah larger than life. They have these superpowers, but they just still have human connections. And I think Fastos, we mentioned this already, but it was a very well handled character, but like just wish I had more of him. And so this was kind of the answer to that, like getting to see, especially because he was one of the, we, there was a, there was a few of them that it was believable that they immediately had human connections like Kingo and Cersei. Def, he was one who even said in a scene that I wasn't a fan of the uh, Hiroshima scene was just very, I think that was kind of unnecessary to like take a tragedy like that and use it as your emotional moment in a movie. It was just a little weird, but after that, it's established that he is like staunchly not going to have any connections with human beings. And then the fact that he does and it doesn't feel forced at all and it feels very genuine and real and human. I, I love that. And even like I, I've talked off camera and in, in our chat a lot about the very strange needle drops in this movie. The one that plays when he's basically saying goodbye to his family is beautiful. It's really sweet. And it's just like it just hits. It's just a very it caught me off guard because I think the first time we hear a, a non-score actual song in this movie is uh, Time by Pink Floyd, which is like kind of cool. It's like whatever. It's a random moment. But I think it's in London when we see Kit Harrington teaching and it's 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 fun. But this moment, it just because there hadn't been any other songs, I think, or there was like very few moments of, of, of diegetic music. And we hear this song come in that I forget the name of, but it comes in when he's saying about his family and it just really hits. It's a very like just human emotion um that happens and i love that um so that's probably going to be my vote but i think these three are really great and are very emblematic of what this movie did when it was at its strength like it had these really cool whether it was like with drug's departure it's a great marriage of all of its like visuals music emotion kind of coming together in this really beautiful way um and then with the opening sequence, I feel like it just kind of sets up what the movie's going to be at its core. But I think what the Fastos and his family sequence does is it really grounds the movie in a very human, uh, like emotional core. So that's that's my vote. All right, Leah, what's yours? Uh, I'm also going to go with Fastos and the family. Um, it's also telling that he's the only one who that we're aware of and everything like has a family family like we talked about Kingo has like really you know he seems like the most integrated and stuff and the most human and obviously we know that Cersei really loves humans and uh, wants to be a part of them and stuff but he's the only one that's actually like that's created a family um and that is a huge deal and then you know we even take it a step further and it's you know lgbtq family and that's a huge deal for mcu um it's not just two people making out in a x-wing cockpit for a minute um thank so you that, it's thank nice you for the mention of that yeah <laughs> um so it, it's just, it's so, especially that scene, that whole scene, the entirety of it, it's so gentle. Um, it's almost like everything that they've ever been, you know, working towards. It's culminated in this. This shows that 
people are worthy of their love. People are, you know, there there's good people. It's not just people fighting. It's not just wars. There's just the very basic family. And this is, you know, who they're trying to save everybody. Well, them and Karun, obviously. You got to save Karun. Um, <laughs> but, but just having all those factors in there and it's just, and Brian Tyree's amazing and still, you know, wish we'd had more, obviously. Um, maybe someday he'll be one of your Ninja Turtles. I heard that. So, <laughs> fingers crossed on that. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just... It's so good. And, and going back to where we saw with, uh, with Druig and um, uh, McCary and stuff, you see, you know, their relationship is already like, we see more sparks there than we do with Cersei and Icarus. We say the same sort of thing with um, Festus and his husband. Like that is the loving relationship that we don't see with the other two. Yeah. And you really only see it for like, 30 seconds you see it and it already makes a bigger impact than the other two so mm -hmm. yeah, i would definitely go with with Festus. like the fact that some countries banned the movie because of this the mm -hmm. fact that like i saw some reviewers like on twitter be like disgusted by this just just blows my mind that if you for if you actually watch the scene and to think that's disgusting just just makes me so sad because that was so beautiful. It was so it was so touching, and like mm -hmm. for you not to see that because like a weird Bible and a space god told you to, which is also still incorrect. <laughs> we won't get into that, but it, I just feel real sad, real bad for you because that mm -hmm. this is such a great scene, and I cannot wait to see more of Fastus. And uh, what they do with him. And the fact that they took him away from his family, I'm not okay with that. They need to get him back to Earth. Mm -hmm. So hopefully uh, someone that we might mention in this next award is going to uh, help. <laughs> but uh, that's my vote. Yes, Fastos and his family. And the FE goes to Fastos and his family. And finally, the nominees for Great Expectations. Great Expectations. Our last category of this awards this is a great one i really have liked adding this one uh, especially for the mcu because there's we know so much is coming everything is planned ad nauseum so great expectations what are you like what question that's come from this uh movie are you ex most excited about getting answered kyle what's yours um so yeah I, I i had one initially which was basically our like blade question we kind of already answered that with like the easter egg so i won't i won't touch on that but uh i mentioned that i didn't know a ton about eternals going in i do love the infinity watch i think that's a really cool idea of a team it's had different members through different eras adam warlock was the head of the team at one point but we get so our first mid credit scene is obviously harry styles as uh Eros, yeah, Eros, uh, or Star Fox, the brother of Thanos. Um, and we get Patton Oswalt as Pip the Troll, which was fucking perfect, and I loved it. Um, and so the Infinity Watch is a team in the comics who is basically tasked with, like the name suggests, guarding over Infinity Stones. Um, at this point in the MCU, that seems a little redundant. 
uh, with the Infinity Stones not really playing a factor in the MCU anymore. But we have now gotten introduced to quite a few of the members of that team. We have Drax and Gamora already. Um, and I mean, it's very likely that we're going to see them in different lights after Guardians 3, whether that's the last Guardians movie. You know, this is a different Gamora as well. This is 2014 Gamora we're dealing with. Um, we have those two. We have Adam Warlock that's also going to be introduced in Guardians 3 as you know, Will Poulter is playing him. Uh, and then Pip the Troll was a member at one point, as was Thanos himself. Um, I don't see that bearing, being very likely, but we did just get introduced to his brother. So I think the idea that like they might be setting up the Infinity Watch is really interesting because of the way that the MCU has seemed to move on from the Infinity, Infinity uh, Saga. So are they going to be like... I just I'm very curious to see what they're doing because I think the what I've learned about the MCU is that they're very deliberate in the way they introduce characters. Like this mid credit scene was not just to be like, here's Pip the Troll as here's Pat Oswalt doing his best Pip the Troll and like here's a fun scene. It's very it's gonna have consequence in the MCU whether it is in Eternal Eternals two with him and uh, Star Fox helping the Eternals out or in another sense, but they're very deliberate about the way they introduce characters. So I'm curious to see if that team is formed and what they, what purpose they would have, whether it is guarding the infinity stones or another purpose. I'm just curious to see what happens with that, with these new characters that are being introduced. Oh, Damon, I think you're muted. Sorry. Ah, there we go. <laughs> My nom is going to be all about the Celestials. Yeah. What role are the Celestials playing going forward? I've I've always been intrigued by them since, you know, I read about them before. But then when they started popping up, like, you know, first in Guardians, they mentioned them like, you know, get nowhere is just a bit ahead of, you know. And then you, you we see shots of them and you see they show Airstrom pretty much every time yeah. when they talk about the Celestials. And now that it seems like he's like the the Celestial of our galaxy, I guess, is what they kind of are saying. They each one has their own galaxy that they're that they generate the power for. So cool. I, I love cosmic things and that are just like larger than life and larger than planets. Galactus, are you coming? But um just just Arishom and everyone like is Tiamat going to play a, a role at some point in the future maybe a multiverse Tiamat um because apparently he has a lot of like animosity and, and stuff going against Arishom I've read but yeah. like there's several celestials and they can die but like essentially they're some of the strongest beings that there are what role are they playing like the fact is Arishom is like about to judge earth <laughs> what what's what's going to go on with that is he going to be like earth's going down i need to hire someone to take out earth is that where galactus comes in <laughs> i don't i keep going back to galactus for some reason I, I i think that's where i think it's going to go but just there's so much we can get from this like they said before like before the pandemic even happened like phase four was supposed to kind of be like very cosmic yeah and so the, this is the, very much the beginning of that. I'm very excited to see where it goes. So give me more Celestials. I want to see what happens. Leah, what's your nom? Um, before we get to that, I, I don't know if it was just me, but like when Tima is coming out 
and like you see the hand and you see the and I was like that looks like fucking Galactus's shit right there. Yes. Like absolutely. All I saw the entire time was like it's fucking Galactus's shit. Um but apparently it's not but whatever. It looked just like it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so I am curious um something we haven't gone over i want to see them meet the other eternals that are out there i want them to go and see if they can convince them see if they are going to be more like the icaruses out there um i'm sure they're going to come up with some opposition i want to see some different powers i want to see what these uh not people per se but these beings lived experiences have been has anybody else actually rebelled already um because thanos was half uh eternal and half deviant i think and yep. you know eros obviously is not falling in line that that we're aware of who knows could be another you know red herring or something um but i i'm also as a fan of the let's go gather up a team vibe um yeah one of my favorite things in movies um so i'm super curious i just want to meet all the different all the different people and all the different iterations and see how they fit see what the larger scale is see if they try to do anything against you know the celestials because then you run into you know kingo's thing where it's do you save this but then limit you know 50 billion other things from being born it's it's you know what is for the greater good to do get all grindelwald or something um so like yeah i'm curious to see how they're gonna interact with all that so i like that you know the, the one question that keeps coming back to me is like kingo says that it's like you know why have we stopped this what what's going to happen it's like but also like is the point of all these planets just to blow them up what's then why yeah. should they get ha be happy like oh yeah we need to do this so the celestial will make more galaxies so he can have more planets so they can kill more people and make more celestials <laughs> yeah it seems very roundabout like what's the limit here like it's it's yeah. basically it's acquiring wealth for wealth's sake like yeah <laughs> let's let's stop yeah it. right yeah I, i'm very interested in the whole eternals but like because for one for all intents and purposes, I don't think in the MCU Thanos is a deviant because like deviants weren't even mentioned until this movie. Yeah. Now, like if you do that, like what does that even mean? Was he an actual like was he the most intelligent deviant or if he's not a deviant, what is he an eternal? And if that's the case, like what was he doing? Like how did he break away? And also, Eros is, seems like he knows what's up, so he's been fighting the the uh, Celestials too. Maybe why did he not get snatched up? Yeah, like if the Celestials can just do that, why didn't they just kill the Deviants? Yeah, and there's a lot of unanswered, a lot of questions that I have that are like, are these just plot holes? Are these unanswered because of future? Are they unanswered because they didn't think about them? I don't know. <laughs> it might be a very mixed bag there so right. and, and i don't know if if thanos is if they're going to go into that he's an eternal and a deviant or you know what i mean because that's just from comics so i don't yeah right i don't know but so. i love the fact that they brought eros in like thanos's mm -hmm. brother like he 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 even says that so he is you mm -hmm. know he's got that connection so like to see where that goes and to see if they meet more eternals like because like you said mate like had they fall all fall back is it a 
do different Eternals have different missions? Oh, like, that's a great question. Things. Yeah. Like the were these just the ones that went to planets to populate them, and other ones were like doing different kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows how many Eternals there are? That that's a very interesting one. I'm very interested in the Celestio Celestials. I'm very interested in the Infinity Watch. What are you voting for, Kyle? Because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know it's tough. It's it's really tough. I think I'm gonna vote for just the idea of like the Celestials, like that. I'm intrigued by that. I I I am. I think that. That was like a big thing. It felt like an open and shut thing in Guardians 2. Like it was a concept that was introduced and it was like, okay, this is cool. And I even out of Guardians 2, I was like, are we going to get. I honestly thought they were doing that because it was so close to Infinity War and they wanted Star-Lord to have that ability fighting Thanos. And then he didn't, obviously, because like he just wasn't a Celestial anymore. That's fine. But like. I kind of thought that was like an open and shut thing in the MCU. And so the fact that this is now bringing the Celestials mm. is like the the front of the conversation now. It's a big thing to deal with. I'm curious. I, I don't know. Like you said, Damon, like whether it's a. They didn't think about think about it this far or they have this long game in mind of like the Celestials playing a huge part. I'm curious. I want to see what they do with it. I just I, I think it's intriguing. Are they connected to the multiverse? Like, how are they going to play a role in that? Or is it completely separated? And if so, right. why? How? Yeah, yeah. I, it's intriguing. But I also, I am I am with you as well with Galactus because I just fucking love Galactus. So if there's any way to bring him in, this seems like a really natural way. And let's do it. You know, Galactus Did y'all awesome. see the rumors on Twitter? Mm-hmm. What's that? With the, with the picture, uh, with the dr- picture drop of the uh, cast of Guardians 3, you know, because yeah. they started... And they have a what's his name? Uh, James Gunn brought someone in from a Suicide Squad, I believe, and he's like, I, I had to bring him in to play the character that everyone's been wanting to play in Hollywood, and everyone's like Silver Surfer. Oh. Was it like an actual squad member? Or was it like one of the minor? Let me characters? Go, let me go look and see because I, I cannot think of his name. Um, yeah, that's interesting. It was like all over yesterday, all over Twitter. Um, let me go look. Silver Star, it's still t- trending on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I don't know how I missed this. <laughs> Chukwudi Iwuji? I, I can't remember I, who I, he played. Not, but, oh, he was on Peacemaker. He was on Peacemaker, the TV show. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. James Gunn said, after working with him on Peacemaker, I wasn't about to let go of one of the best actors I've ever worked with. Wow. So I get the role most every big name actor in Hollywood wanted. Is that James Gunn just being James Gunn and in, in like trolling? I was gonna us? say he's really good at that. So <laughs> Silver Surfer, because that's what everyone is saying. And if, if he is, I Gla- I mean Galactus. Wherever yeah, Galactus Silver is not Surfer far behind. He can't be far behind. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just had to bring that up. Um, hmm. Well, that's intriguing. That's yes. yeah, that's exciting. But just the idea of the celestial celestials in general even if galactus doesn't show up which i would be disappointed in it's still an intriguing idea with the celestials and and how they're going to deal with them going forward i think it's there's a lot of possibilities especially with i did really enjoy the way this movie ended on a cliffhanger like with Hmm. the movie like erisham taking i wasn't clear because that this movie was a long movie so i was like really ready to go to the bathroom by the end of the movie so i wasn't clear on who exactly he took it was cersei fastos Mm -hmm. And Kingo. Kingo. Earth. Okay. The Earthbound. It's Earth. Right. Because the other ones were the ones that like saw arrows. 
Right. Okay. Okay. So, it's so those three. Like, uh, Druid. Right. And oh, okay. Sprite's on the Domo too. Or did and she's did, she's no, a human. Sprite's now. on Earth, and yeah, she's, she's human. Not an Eternal anymore. She doesn't have yeah. any power. Right. I don't know if she has powers or not. They I weren't clear about that. They were not. I don't know. Yeah. I think they effectively said, "Yeah, Sprite's gone because no one liked her." But uh... <laughs> I, I will tell you this much: if they make like a David Bowie movie where it is a child, it's it's right there. So. Oh my God, that's perfect. Inc- that's perfect. <laughs> I want to see them as as freaking Peter Pan. Uh, like, major peter pan vibes it, it was, um, the yeah. fashion was on point for sprite i did love that so yes. it's just a cool. weird character choice you know but but yeah, okay it, being, yeah we're, we're not off the rails here um yeah. yeah what's your vote for great expectations uh so i'm gonna go with the celestials as well because i feel like if i go with celestials then i think i'm also going to you know get the eternal stuff because obviously you can't have one without the other and that also i feel like will go galactusy um i actually heard a couple things where they were thinking galactus might come in where you know if um oh my goodness i can't think of the big the big judgy one who snatched everybody up you just said their Aaron. his name what was that Aramish. Yeah. So if you if he like decides that Earth's not worthy, would he dispense Galactus to eat the planet? Um, that's a way to bring him in. Another way is that, you know, maybe the reason why he goes after planets is he's only going after certain ones that have the celestial seeds. So that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, definitely going with with the celestials because it did seem it didn't seem like a throwaway thing for Guardians, but it seemed more contained in that storyline and right. then you find out that it's so much more than that so yeah. it, it's a sweep I'm, I'm going with the celestials but i'm i am almost just as excited about the internals um i'd say the infinity watch is very exciting if if the infinity stones were still poss- a possible player which they still could be i mean with the yeah. multiverse shenanigans, who knows like we saw ultron supreme you know mm-hmm. go crazy with the stones on on what if so they still can play a part but who knows it just feels like weird timing to have loki do that incredibly funny moment with the infinity stones where they're just like uh paperweights and then have this like because I, like i said i think they're deliberate in the way they introduce characters so it's like do you want to do infinity watch how do you reckon that with the way the infinity stones play in this world so it's interesting but yeah all right well that's the w that's the category And the F.E. goes to the Celestials and the role they play in the future of the MCU. And that's the F.E.s, y'all. That was fun. Um, You know, and talking about the fun, good parts about this movie, it really made I really very much enjoyed this movie. And I just wanted to get that across because, like, for anything that I'll say bad about it, it's just because I thought it could have been amazing, you know, and I'll just say this one more time i really think if anything this this property would have been amazing as a tv show and could have been like otherworldly like something that we would have talked about a lot more just because we would have been there with these characters a lot more and seen them grow and and have all these conflicts amongst each other and wanting to help people and having relationships with people that we saw before them moving on like hundreds of years later 
But even then, with all that, it was still a movie that I like that uh, I'm, I want to watch again to see how much I like it after that. So those are my closing thoughts. Uh, Leah, what, what are your closing thoughts on Eternals? Um, I got to agree with you. Like the more we talked about it and kind of hearing other people's point of views, because I really I only just saw it today. So I haven't actually had a chance to really talk to anybody. You guys are my first ones. Um, is that while I still felt overwhelmed overall, you know, like the underwhelming thing it wasn't a huge underwhelmment where it's like oh god i feel like i can't get out from underneath this property um just more like okay well let's see where it's going i'm not giving up on anything i will absolutely see you know the other properties that come out of it um and i really hope that they kind of take this and learn from it and kind of get an idea of like oh well, we really should like develop some of these people more um you know, especially, especially just, I mean, those core three, just, um, you know, Mercari and uh, Druig and Festos, like a hundred percent. Like I, I just want to see their movie, the three of them. <laughs> um, and I mean, I mean, even Sprite suffered from that. Like, I don't think her character would have been as bad. It was very much like um, Claudia from, you know, Interview with the Vampire. And <laughs> obviously Kirsten Dunst got it across a lot better than she did but you know that's not the actress's fault you know you got material and stuff um but I know that that's like the sentiment that was going for um so I can't even like really fault that bit um but overall yeah I'm I'm excited to see what happens going forward I'm really excited to see how it fits in with everything um and I'm super curious what they're gonna do and yeah, I think overall it's, it's a hopeful, it's a hopeful thought. So <laughs> yes. was I the only one who, who didn't realize that Sprite was in love with Icarus until they, they said it. Cause it I, did not, out of left I didn't get me. that either. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't get that. I thought it was love, but like a family, month, a big brother love. I sure. will say that was another thing that actually I was not expecting. I was expecting, cause she also seemed to love, you know, Ajax and whatnot so as like a, a mother figure and stuff so like when she found out that that he killed her I was like oh when she goes with him you know it's going to be a turn and then she stabbed Cersei I was like what the yeah. fuck <laughs> this is, uh, this yeah. is absurd like so I mean it it did get me on some weird twists just not the Richard Madden one <laughs> so right all right Kyle your closing thoughts yeah I would just echo what what y'all are saying I think that it was, it felt not like a relief, but it felt nice to walk out of this movie, like good and bad. There's good and bad with the movie, but walk out of this movie with genuine like excitement and hope to see what they do in the future. Like mm -hmm. I, this is a new property they've introduced and I'm really intrigued to see what happens next. I feel like Eternals 2, if that is greenlit, if that happens, I'll probably like a lot more because they've done, they've now laid the foundation and now mm -hmm. they can really go for it and do what they tried to do with this one and just kind of like go for what they want to do and, and explore these characters a lot more. So I'm excited about that. There are two of my favorite credit scenes in a long time. Um, I just, I, I, I'm always a sucker for introducing a really obscure character. So the fact that they bring in Pip and Eros is really fun. Uh, I'm, curious to see what they do with arrows just because of some of his powers like it's, you really walk a thin line of how you're gonna do that without being uh, yeah it's just rough um so 
But if you're going to cast someone as that kind of character, who better than Harry Styles? Like, that is that is perfect. I will say that was ruined for me, like, way before I saw the movie, which is, I feel I like more than most MCU movies, this was, like, nobody cared about, like, the embargo. Like, the movie came out in screenings, mm. and people were just, like, on Twitter, which I do try and stay away from Twitter with uh, MCU movies, but I just didn't care. I was like, whatever, I'm not going to see anything. And it was all over. It's probably because it is Harry Styles, and he has such a rabid fandom that I am. Mm part of but like everyone was like oh my god harry styles is in the mcu and i thought i honestly thought it was fake because i was like what and and it but i i saw the picture of him as uh eros and i was like well that would have been wonderful to see for the first time in the theater but the blade one i i, I caught no wind of yeah. so hearing that voice was like i think i was like the only person left in the theater too because everyone left after the harry styles one and i was like nah man Y'all got to wait. Like, there has to be something else. And it's like 25 movies in. You have to know that by now. But mm-hmm. I sat there and I was like, there's got to be something else. And then they did. I would have been fine if it was just the Black Knight thing. Like, if he just grabbed the sword, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then you hear that. You sure you want to do that, Mr. Witt? I was like, holy shit, that's Blade. And I'm I'm pumped. Like, bring me more Blade content. Um, So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, movie's flawed it has a lot of things it doesn't work for it has a lot of things that do work but at the end of the day it is exciting potential like it's exciting to see what they do with it going forward just give us more fast like you said leah give us more of those three fastos uh druig and makari and if it's just them three like that's i'm all in just give us more of them explore their powers more Mm -hmm. and then just kind of let loose and let them interact and it's going to be super fun so yeah before we get out of here i I like to think of the MCU as a, a long running TV show. And as long as the episodes or the movies aren't just trash, you're, you're good enough to move on to the next episode and keep yeah. going. You know, like this is just another episode in this huge series that they're telling us amazing, super difficult, long range for long arc storytelling with, thousands of different characters and and ideas and the fact that it's still for the most part working is astounding yeah and this one might not have hit all the nails but it hit enough nails for the board to be down for the next board to go up so Mm -hmm. i i'm excited and what's next (laughs) one of the biggest uh even more of a gambles than this one all the eggs in the spider-man basket we'll see (laughs) Yep. I, we were talking to our friend Thad before recording, and I haven't, I've not been as vocal about this as, because I, I know everyone loves, knows I love the Tobey Maguire movies, and everyone is wondering wh- whether he shows up, what role he plays. Hmm. If he shows up just to get fucking killed off, I'm going to lose my <laughs> shit. I'm just going to get so mad because then at that point, don't bother with them. Like, don't bring him back if you're just going to, like, if, if they bring him back, I'm aware it's probably just going to be as a passing of the torch. Like, Kind of the way they did uh, Spider-Verse with uh, Jake Johnson as Spider- Like, that was great. I loved that. But, mm. it, yeah, if they if they bring him back and he just is in a couple scenes and then gets killed off by Doc Ock or whatever, I'm just, ooh. Y'all will hear about it on this podcast. I'll say that. <laughs> you will hear about it when we do the Spider-Man No Way Home Effies <laughs> yes. the weekend after. It's very exciting. Um, until then, though. We'll see y'all. Leah, thank you so much for joining us again. It was a great thank to have you. For having me. Thank you, thank you. Can't wait to have you again. I'm sure we have you booked on something, and if not, we'll book you very soon. 
Ah, yes, on another MCU Effies, Hawkeye. Uh, that'll be fun. That Hawkeye's not one of my favorites, but I'm very excited to see the new Hawkeye because I love Haley Steinfeld. So, um, yeah, uh, it was great doing this, everyone. I hope y'all enjoy the episode. Um, I am very excited for this next month and a half of episodes. Kyle, what do we got planned? Yeah, uh, we hope you like the Effies because next week is another Effies of a big property relieving the MCU. We are going to be talking about Game of Thrones with our good friend Ryan. Big task. It's you take the good with the bad because I'm going to try to not talk all episode about season eight. Um, but it, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But like Damon said, it's going to be a big month and a half. We've got that. We've got more stewards of sound. But in December, we're taking a break from our decades and talking specifically about uh, this past year. So everything's going to be centered around that other than our Spider-Man episode. We're going to be talking about best TV episodes and TV seasons of the year, best movies of the year and then best music of the, the last two years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy it. We'll see you all next week. Bye, y'all.